Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon, Ryan Tutel, Tolton Nuanas, ESPN Sports Center. The Bobcats and Grizzlies continue moving up while Eastern Washington became the first team to fall out of the Big Sky Conference anyways in this week's Stats FCS Top 25 poll. Montana State moved up two spots to number eight in the nation following their 23-14 win at Western Illinois. Montana also moved up one spot even though they lost uh, to uh, Oregon 35-3. The Grizz now sit at number 19. Eastern Washington lost for the first time to an FCS opponent since falling to North Dakota State in the FCS National Championship game in January. EWU blew a 28-7 lead and a 49-45 loss to Jacksonville State, which dropped the Eagles to number 11 and moved Jacksonville State up seven spots to number 10. UC Davis moved up one spot to four after a win over Lehigh. Now Weaver State stood at number six following a 19-13 loss to Nevada, the second six-point defeat to an FBS program this season for the Wildcats. And Montana State kicker Tristan Bailey earned Big Sky Conference Special Teams Player of the Week honors thanks to his second stellar performance against Western Illinois. The senior hit all three of his field goal attempts, including a 41-yarder and 47-yarder in the fourth quarter to provide the final margin. Last season in MSU's 26-23 victory over the Leathernecks in Bozeman, he hit four field goals, 7-7 seven seven in two games. That's pretty good. This ESPN Sports Center is presented by Clark Fork Law. Welcome back. Hour number two. It's time to talk Monmouth 
Grizzly football with somebody who knows a little bit about Monmouth football. That's Kevin Callahan, the head coach. It is Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television across the state. Hi, great to be with you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Thanks for spending some of it with us. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway and Missoula Highway 83 in Sealy. Online at KurtzPolaris.com. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, the podcast is available to you because we care about you. You go to the, your favorite podcasting platform, you look up Two-Tail Nuanas, you get the Two-Tail Nuanas podcast. It's that easy. The podcast is there thanks to the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. We go now to the Rankins Brothers RV phone line. We welcome in the head coach, the only head coach in the history of Monmouth University, Kevin Callahan, uh, with us as they come to Missoula to play the Grizzlies on Saturday, 1 o'clock kickoff there. Coach Callahan, thanks so much for being with us. Appreciate it. How are you? I'm doing great tonight, guys. Great to be on the show. Appreciate you having me. Well, we're certainly happy to have you on. Looking forward to this game uh, uh, on Saturday. And it's interesting. Coulter and I were talking about uh, just regions of the country and the different types of football that you get. And being there in New Jersey and in the Northeast in general, seems like the running game is just sort of a signature of that, you know, of that area when it comes to football. Why is that? First of all, is that true? Are we wrong on this? And, and second of all, why is that? And we know you got a great running back on your club. Well, I, I think it is an accurate uh, assessment of, uh, you know, kind of football in the northeast part of the country, and I think a lot of that has to do with the weather, uh, particularly when you get uh, later in the season, as you get into late October, November, or early December, and in particular maybe playoff games. Uh, very few people have any type of indoor facility here, um, and, and you're, you're, you're playing in rain, you're playing in wind, uh, a lot of different elements, and uh, I think you've got to be able to run the ball uh, in this part of the country if you want to be successful. We can't all just be soft soaking up the sunshine in Florida, right, Coach? You know, you gotta, you got to play some tough-nosed football sometimes. That's true, but, yeah, they have their issues too, right? <laughs> right, yeah. The hurricanes, Yeah, right? there's, I guess there's that. I could have picked somewhere else. I guess, yeah. <laughs> Coach Gallon, hey, Coulter Nuanas, thanks so much for being with us today. I was telling Ryan in our first segment that some of the best, I've covered the FCS now for 13 years, some of the best running backs I've seen, Miguel Masonette from Stony Brook, uh, Ryan Fulce last year at Wagner. And it sounds like you guys got yourself a pretty darn good one, Pete Guerrero as well this year. So t- tell us a little bit about him. I know he's a guy that has seemed like, at least this season so far, incredibly durable. 30 carries last week. He's been over 100 yards three weeks in a row. What sort of element do you think he brings to your guys' offense? Well, I mean, he, he's, a, he's a very explosive back, and it's a, a very interesting story is how, how we came by Pete. Uh, he first came to Monmouth University to, to run track. Um, did not play football, played at a, a very small high school in New Jersey, was actually a, a quarterback that uh, really ran the ball quite a bit out of a Wildcat formation. And he was a sprinter on our track team here, won the conference championships in both the 100 and the 200 meters, uh, came to us uh, the spring of his freshman year and said he really missed football and he wanted to get back involved in it. So the first year he played with us, he played football in the fall and ran track in the spring and winter. And then after last season, decided he wanted to devote himself full-time to football. And really what that enabled him to do is is spend a a concentrated amount of time with our strength and conditioning staff. He added about uh, 12 to 15 pounds of muscle. Um, He's more durable now, I think, and stronger than than he was when he first came with us. And I think we're seeing the result of all that hard work out on the football field. And he has the ability to carry the ball uh, you know, over 20 times now, where maybe two years ago, you know, his limit would have been around 15. 
Kevin Callahan joining us. He's the head coach of Monmouth University football team. And, Coach, you're in your 27th year as the head coach, which is, first of all, an incredibly long duration for anybody in any coaching position, but also the uniqueness of being the only head coach in the history of the school. What was it like to, to I mean, get a program started from, uh, from absolutely square one and then having this really be your career legacy in the sport? Well, you know, it was a unique opportunity. I came here from Colgate University, as you said, 27 years ago. And, uh, you know, Mammoth had a strong desire to, to build a football program. It had never had football here before. Um, and it's a great area. New Jersey's a, a very uh, talent-rich when it comes to high school uh, football. And I just saw it as a great opportunity to, to kind of create a football program the way you wanted it to be. Uh, you weren't coming in and taking over from somebody else and, you know, having to to fight against well this is the way we do it type mentality uh i could build it the way i wanted it and you know after we got it up and running and in those days it was a lot different we were non-scholarship when we first started and you know it was it was a a whole different type of recruiting but every five years or so we, we grew and we changed we added some limited scholarships and then before you know our most recent change which was back in 2014 when we joined the big south and went to full scholarship football so it's been a great run. Um, I've really enjoyed it. The people here at Monmouth University are terrific to work for. Our administration, our athletic director, Dr. McNeil, all, all great people. And I guess after being here for so long, you develop a sense of ownership for the program. And, uh, you know, as I said, I've, I've enjoyed see, watching it grow. Back in 2013, you guys made the trek out to Montana State. I actually, I actually remember interviewing you before that game uh, leading up to the Bobcat matchup. How has your program changed, evolved, grown since the last time you guys came to Montana? Well, I, I think back in 2013, uh, that was right when we left the Northeast Conference and uh, we were independent that year. Uh, when we went out and played Montana State, we had 33 scholarships, I believe it was, in our football program. So not nearly what everybody else on the FCS level had, or at least people that were operating with full equivalencies. And since that time, you know, over the years, we've been able to add scholarships where we're up close to the maximum right now. So I think that's changed how we recruit. It's changed who we recruit. It's changed the depth in our program, which, if you remember, back in 2013 was something that we didn't have. So I think we're we're better prepared in terms of depth uh, than we were back then. Um, I, I think we're we're able to play a higher level of football than we than we did back in 2013. Coach, as you mentioned, you're there in New Jersey uh, in pretty shooting distance from our perspective to uh, both New York City and Philadelphia. I mean, you're right there. What's it like to tell your kids, hey, we're headed to Montana. Everybody saddle up. We're going out west. And what, what, what are they kind of what's what's the perception if there is one? And what is, what's kind of the scuttle amongst the team about heading out here to play a football game? Well, you know, they're excited about it. They're obviously very aware of the, the, the strong tradition of football that the University of Montana has and how successful they've been on the national level and, you know, a, a, a perennial uh, fixture in uh, the FCS playoffs. So they're excited by the challenges it's going to bring. You know, the one thing I will say, back in 2013 when we went out to Bozeman, we had a, a day, we were playing on, a, I guess, a Thursday night. So we had uh, sometime during the day, on, uh, the day before, uh, 
before we took our kids on a hike in a state park and uh, actually ended up getting five players lost in the woods. Um, <laughs> five five players who, I don't know, they thought they were Daniel Boone or somebody, and, 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 and we lost them for a while, and it took us a while to get them. So I guarantee there won't be any hikes or, or treks in the woods this time. Yeah, I mean, stick to the trail. You could go up the M. That's pretty fail-safe. You're right there in the in the, in the community, but uh, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty impressive. Uh, you know, one thing that uh, you know you'll know, and and uh, certainly having played at Montana State, you get some of this as well. But Washington Grizzly Stadium, just as a. a a venue is, uh, you know, certainly one of the tops in the FCS. And uh, I think, you know, probably the, the reports on the type of environment that it will be and the number of fans re- in relation to, you know, what you kind of normally see is significant. What have you told your team about that? And what do you expect on Saturday just from that standpoint? Well, you know, obviously, we, you know, we, we've talked to people who have played out there and, and they all say, uh, you know, to a person that it's, Probably the best venue of that you'll find in FCS football, and that the crowd is 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 energized, and they're very much into the game, and 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 they you know they're really you know you know uh, very loyal uh, you know Grizzly fans. Um, we told our team to focus on what happens on the field. Uh, we can't worry about the the stuff that's off the field or in the stands or or how many people are there. Is focus on what they have to do to succeed on every play and handle it one play at a time. Now, we know there's going to be some distractions. We know it's going to be noisy. But the better that we can focus on what we have to do, the better that we can concentrate on, on what we need to do to succeed, I think the, be- the better uh, we'll off will be. Kevin Callahan, the head coach for the Monmouth Hawks. They play the University of Montana in Missoula on Saturday afternoon. Coach, you mentioned the differences when you first – were the, the inaugural coach of Bodmouth when this program first started 26 years ago uh, in, in recruiting to what it is now. No scholarships to then some scholarships to then now almost a fully funded 63 scholarship FCS program. What are the biggest differences you notice in recruiting and what are uh, some of the things you were able to do now that you can offer uh, scholarships at the level you can? Well, I, I think it's, it's, it's opened the door to uh, a higher caliber athlete from the, on the high school level. Uh, uh, players who back, if you're talking about 1993, um, wouldn't even have considered Monmouth University. Uh, but now we're able to compete with programs here in the East, the CAA, the, the, the Patriot League uh, uh, schools, and, and we're able to uh, compete head-to-head with those schools in recruiting, so we're getting a higher caliber athlete. The other thing is it's done is it's opened the door for us to uh, play some FBS schools. Uh, we haven't played a lot of them. We've played maybe four, I think, uh, over the last four or five years. Um, and it, it's opened up opportunities there. And, again, it's just it's about exposing the players in our program to – uh, different levels of football that exist throughout the country, and, and you know that that's part of what this is all about is, is giving our kids a quality experience here. Well, coach, we've talked a lot of the things surrounding the game, but haven't talked a lot about the game itself. As you, I know it's early in the week still, but if you've looked at this iteration of the University of Montana and some of the players they have, what what do you see on film through a coach's view uh, of this team, and what are you expecting Saturday? Well, you know, as you, as you break down video and you're, you're, you're scouting your opponent, you're always looking for, for weaknesses that you feel that they might have or areas that you might be able to exploit. And, and I'll be honest with you guys, in, in looking at this Montana team on both sides of the ball, um, I haven't found any weaknesses yet. Uh, they're a very, very talented offensive unit. 
they have a, a lot of experience, a lot of older players who've been around for a while, um, and, and they seem to have the, all the right pieces. You know, they first of all, you know, starting with a the quarterback, uh, they've got a guy as a redshirt senior who can uh, do anything that they ask him. He gets rid of the ball very quickly. He's very accurate with his throwing. Um, he seems to have an outstanding knowledge of the concepts that they're trying to employ offensively, and, and he can hurt you with his feet. Uh, he, he can really run, and, and they offset that with a, a very big and talented offensive line, uh, guys that, that are able to not only protect him but provide holes in the run game, and then and they can hurt you on the perimeter. They, they've got an excellent core of receivers, um, and there's good balance to it. They have great size at the position on the outside. They have excellent quickness on the inside, and they appear to have really good depth at it. And then when you flip it over to the defensive side, you know, I, I'm very impressed by the linebacking group. Uh, outstanding group, uh, you know, starting with the Olsen guy. I mean, he's, he's an outstanding player. And, again, you're talking about another uh, redshirt senior, a fifth-year guy. Um, their, their defensive front is very formidable. Um, and on the back end, um, they have the ability to cover and, and, I mean, and, and make plays in the run game. Um, watching their Oregon game from, from last Saturday night, um, they, they were not out of place at all. Um, regardless of what the score says. I mean, they were right there. They played. They matched up athletically. Um, and, and we know we're going to have a, a very imposing challenge. You mentioned just the, the personnel on defense. When you're breaking down the scheme of what Montana does on defense, we're 14 games into Bobby Houck's second tenure at the University of Montana and Kent Bear's defensive scheme. And it seems so unorthodox when you're watching it from the press box, when you're watching it on film. There, there's so much variability to it. And I know that they've used some of the schematic stuff to confuse opponents. When you look at that defense, what do you see schematically? Well, I, I see a scheme that's, that's, I guess I would call it unique. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it certainly, they, they do a lot of different things. You know, they, you, you look at them on, on the surface and you say, all right, they're a 3-3, three, three, um, an odd front, but they're much more than that. And, and you know, they, they do things that, you know, you, you, we probably won't see the rest of this year and haven't seen before this year. Um, but they do it, and it, it's very well coordinated. Their players know exactly where they're going. They have spots they have to get to. It doesn't matter if they're they're called a defensive end or a nose tackle or a linebacker or whatever they're called. Uh, they're going to get to those spots, and it, it's a good uh, mix and match of things. Um, they can mix up their pressures, and, and they do a great job, I think, of employing their their guys on the back end, their secondary guys. Um, you know, their safeties are very much involved and are able to insert themselves in, in different spots uh, to to both defend against the pass and the underneath areas, but also uh, to defend against the run. You mentioned fifth-year seniors, and you have a great one. And Kenji Bahar, uh, your quarterback, the preseason offensive player of the year in the Big South, and a guy who's uh, been really good for you for a couple years now. What sort of comfort does that give you as a coach, just having a guy that has his experience, his level of, of athleticism? Well, you know, any time, as you guys know from out there in Montana, any time that you have a guy at the quarterback position who's experienced, he's mature, he's been on the field for you before, and he has the ability to make plays, it's certainly very comforting. And, you know, Kenji now is in his third year as a starter for us, and, you know, he's grown each and every year. Uh, he's a guy that really becomes like an extra coach on the field uh, because he has such a tremendous understanding of what it is we're trying to do. He has the ability to change protections, change plays at the line of, at the line of scrimmage, and to get us into some very good looks against what we're seeing from the defense. So, you know, it, it's invaluable to have a guy like him, uh, you know, taking a snap for you. 
we get you out of here on this, Coach. I know you've, you've had a part in developing and mentoring a lot of guys over your 26 years. But Miles Austin is the guy that really jumps off yeah. the page when you talk about famous Monmouth football players, and, and he rose to to great prominence uh, in the late 2000s, maybe early 2010s with the Dallas Cowboys. I think he led the NFC in receiving yards back-to-back right. years, catching passes for Tony Romo. He's a pro bowler and just an all-around great player. He played his career at Monmouth, uh, culminating in 2006. What do you remember about his career at Monmouth, and what was it like to watch a guy rise to the level of, of fame and accomplishment that Miles well, Austin was able to rise to? Well, you know, it, it's interesting. When when Miles came here, he wasn't that highly recruited. Right. Matter of fact, he was probably more sought after for his basketball and track ability than he was for football. Again, came from a very small program here in, in the state of New Jersey. Uh, we were fortunate enough to have him come here. And, you know, it's one of those guys, and, you know, when you're in coaching, you, you, you have those guys that come along every so often that, as soon as he stepped foot on campus, you kind of looked at each other and said, he's different. He, he, he's got some things that other guys don't have. And just watching him grow and develop as a football player, as a receiver, in the time that he was with us, uh, you almost knew he was destined for great things beyond college football. Well, you know, Coach, I was on some teams. They said I was different, too, but it wasn't a compliment. Uh, that's the way that goes. Right. Hey, uh, Coach, we, we really appreciate the time. After 7, uh, where you're at, so doing this in the evening, we really appreciate you taking the time out and really looking forward to the football game on Saturday. Travel safe, and we'll look forward to seeing you then, okay? Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Kevin Callahan, the head coach of the Monmouth University Hawks, head football coach, again, Monmouth versus the University of Montana, 1 o'clock, Washington Grizzly Stadium, Saturday. A proper afternoon kickoff time. Huh, Coulter? I mean, Love you know. It. College football, play at 1 o'clock. That's what it's supposed to be. Uh, great of him to uh, come and enjoy us. We certainly appreciate that. If you missed any of that, we'll have the full up on our podcast for Two Tone the as well as it'll be a part of this week's Big Sky Breakdown, as well as SkylineSportsMT.com. Um, we'll take a quick break. Coulter, something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Hi, how are you? Brian Tutel, Colton Nuanas. Here we go. The Bobcats and the Grizzlies continue moving up while Eastern Washington became the first team out of the Big Sky Conference to fall in this week's Stats FCS poll. Montana State moved up two spots to number eight following the 23-14 win at Western Illinois. Montana moved up one spot, although they lost uh, to Oregon 35-3. The Grizz are now at number 19. 
Eastern Washington lost for the first time to an FCS opponent since falling to North Dakota State in the FCS National Championship game back in January. EWU blew a 28-7 lead in a 49-45 loss to Jacksonville State. Eastern down from number 5 to number 11 in this week's poll. Jacksonville State up to number 10 from 17. UC Davis moved up one spot to number 4 following a win over Lehigh. And Weaver State stand pat at number 6 following a 19-13 loss to Nevada. The second six-point loss to an FBS program this season for the Wildcats. Montana State kicker Tristan Bailey earned Big Sky Conference Special Teams Player of the Week honors thanks to his second stellar performance against Western Illinois. The senior hit all three of his field goal attempts, including a 41-yarder and a 47-yarder in the fourth quarter to provide the final margin of victory. Last season in MSU's 26-23 win over the Leathernecks in Bozeman, he hit a low four field goals. Finally, former big billing Skyview standout Trayvon Strong, a cornerback who began his career at Montana State, earned Missouri Valley Football Conference Newcomer of the Week at Southern Illinois. For the first time in a very long time, with the exception of one week when Ben McAdoo was foolishly the head coach, Eli Manning will not be starting for the New York Giants coach's decision Sunday. Wow. It's 2 Tell New is 1029 ESPN Radio. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway and Missoula Highway 83 and Sealy online at KurtzPolaris.com. If you'd like to listen live, you can go to our website, 1029ESPN.com. There you can listen to the stream on your favorite device, desktop, mobile, whatever it is. Stream brought to us by Opportunity Bank. Thanks to them for that. Your local bank, your opportunity. It's Opportunity Bank. Coulter, um, the uh, uh, New York Giants are benching Eli Manning. And Daniel Jones is going to step in. And this, different from the just disaster and buffoonery of Ben McAdoo, seems like, first of all, you have a guy in place that you took with the sixth overall pick. And Eli, who we know has been playing poorly the last couple of seasons, they're off to an 0-2 start in New York. And you feel like, look, it's now or never. This year, I don't know what the expectations were entering it anyways, but certainly you can't wait any longer if you think you're going to, you know, have any kind of look at making a run during the season. But moreover, why not roll your guy out there and see what you got in terms of a quarterback uh, who you drafted? My perception is I watched Daniel Jones, just like everybody else, almost none in college. Okay, got no idea what this guy actually could do when it came to college football. But you go, well, Duke, they were pretty average. Nobody plays at Duke. Why would he be any good? But then when I watched him in the preseason, which I did a fair amount, and the preseason, I get it. I understand what it is. I understand who he's playing up against. Some guys just look comfortable, look good playing football in the preseason, their first ever professional experience. He looked really good to me. Is he going to be anything at all? I don't know. Could he be worse than Eli Manning? Well, sure, I guess it's possible. I don't think it's likely, though. I thought this would happen within the first month of the season. It has, and I'm not surprised at it at all, and I'm I'm excited. I'm interested, at least, to see what Daniel Jones has to offer. And as far as Eli Manning goes, it is what it is, my man. Like it's you, you, 
you played a lot longer than you would have played with any other team because you won two Super Bowls with the New York Giants. And I like Eli Manning a lot in a lot of different ways, but he is he's not good enough to play quarterback in the NFL right now. Since the Giants lost, or since the Giants won their last Super Bowl, which was at, at this point now twelve years ago, is that right? What was it? Oh seven. Oh seven. Yeah. yeah. The regardless of what the year was, since the Giants lost their last won their last Super Bowl, Eli Manning has lost sixty six games. He's thrown 112 interceptions, and he's committed 137 turnovers. All three are the most by any NFL quarterback in that span. Well, that's because there's very few NFL quarterbacks that have been playing for 12 years since that span. How many touchdowns has he thrown over that course of time? He has also has a, a complete QBR rating of 47.6, which is 30th in the league. Is that this year? This is since then, since that time. Oh, that's horrendous. Uh, his yards per attempt, 6.7. His touchdowns interception ratio, 1.6. Also not good. So, I mean, a lot of this is just like if you if you play forever, you're going to be the all-time leader in a lot of things. I mean, Brett Favre's the all-time leader in interceptions. Sure is, and deservedly so. <laughs> he would be the first one to tell you 100%. that. 100%. Uh, I, I think this is a very interesting move by the Giants. The, the first interesting move by the Giants was drafting Daniel Jones. 2013 was the last time the, the uh, Giants won the Super Bowl. So, you know, 66 losses since 2013. That's a lot. That's 11 losses per year in that. Oh, so, game. that's only going to 13. Yep, that's okay. only going to 13. Okay. They won Super yep. Bowl 46. Got it. 2012. So, d- six seasons ago. Yeah. Um, with what the Giants have, the Giants were so good on both the lines for so long. They lost their offensive line. That definitely put a detrimental effect on Eli Manning's career. They have since fortified that line a little bit. They've drafted Saquon Barkley, which gives them the first real running back threat they've had since probably Tiki Barber. Mm-hmm. They got rid of Odell Beckham, which, you know, hard to put replace the production. Probably feels great to not have the headache. But what they need is a franchise guy, and that's why Daniel Jones is such a risk, because if you roll the dice with him and then he is so bad to the point where you get another top pick, then what do you do? You get because another quarterback. You do, but then but you're you're risk you're you're taking a risk twofold because you went with this guy to rebuild, not to tank again. So if he is part of the tanking again, that's detrimental to his development as a player. It's detrimental to his stock as a prospect, and it's detrimental to your team. Sure, you could just go get the number one pick, turn around and draft Tua Tagovailoa or Justin Herbert, but. If Daniel Jones is really bad, then what are you going to do with him? You can't Nothing. trade him. So I think if, you have to hope that he is okay. Because well, even if you're going to be bad, you're going to be bad, right? So you just have to hope he's okay. Because if he's okay, he could be an asset. Like, if he shows flashes, then you can trade him. Or you can trade whatever you get. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just don't want to have a lame duck prospect. I, I, I don't understand why that's any different. from it. Taco Charlton. Was the number the the, the, the uh, uh, first round pick of the Dallas Cowboys in 2017? It's 2019. He's a healthy scratch. Didn't even make the active roster for their first two games. That's a risk too. That's a guy who's not an asset. That's a guy who can't be traded. It just turns out he's not a quarterback. Now, of course, do you want a guy to be good? Or when you draft, like no doy. But I don't think it's a. If you can turn around and draft another quarterback and try this thing again, I mean, look at what Arizona just did. I understand it came with a coaching change. But 
They draft Josh Rosen 10th overall last year, and now they go and get Kyler Murray. Now, would they prefer maybe to have that 10th overall pick back again to pick somebody else? Well, sure, but you know what? That ship has sailed. You gave it you, you gave it a shot. You got Daniel Jones. You give it a run. If it works out and he's great, then great. You're set, and if he stinks, you, you know, you're still where you are. The good news for the Giants, at least from a offensive perspective, they got great young talent. I mean, you got Saquon Barkley, who's the best young running back in football. You got Evan Ingram, who's the best young tight end in football. And you have, you know, an okay group of wide receivers when they're all healthy, though they have not been. Now, the loss, like you said, of Odell Beckham is is irreplaceable. It's irreplaceable in terms of what he is on the field. But maybe that's okay because of, of what he was off the field. I don't know. But if you got a young quarterback now, you can go get another young quarterback, and that's just what it is. I don't think it's that big a deal. But I also am am cautiously optimistic about what Daniel Jones could be as as a football player in the NFL. I mean, a lot of people hated the pick, mostly because they didn't know who Daniel Jones was, and then all of a sudden he goes out there and shows some flashes. You go, wow, this guy could really place the ball. Wow, this guy really has got an arm. This is going to be interesting. We'll see. Is he manning light? That's what the Giants are hoping for. What do you mean? They played for David Cutcliffe at Duke. That's the whole connection. David Cutcliffe was the quarterback's coach at Tennessee, when Peyton Manning was there, he's the coach at Old Miss. When Eli Manning was there, okay. it's the same pedigree, yeah, but he, as they would say. So, is he one of those guys? Light. First of all, if he is, then 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 wonderful. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite water slides. That's right. They got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. Uh, I'm, saying, right. I'm saying the Giants are hoping that. Oh, sure. That's why they drafted him. They want him to be the okay, heir apparent he, to Eli Manning in every way. Yeah, but he also is very different from Eli Manning in terms of his skill set. I mean, Eli Manning got it done. And I'm not saying that he's not a cerebral guy or doesn't have the mental capacity or whatever, uh, Daniel Joseph, but that's why Eli Manning was a, 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 you know, a quarterback in this league for as long as he was. Not because of anything like his arm talent, anything like his athleticism. Eli had one of the best arms in the league for a minute. Eli has a way better arm than... I mean, are you kidding me? Eli Manning has a way better arm than his brother. Way better. Significantly better. I think they're both, at their best, pretty good arms. Nah, Eli had a a cannon during his first half of his career. I know that Daniel Jones does. And, (coughs) excuse me, in the limited amount that I've watched him, and I'm not going to sit here and start proclaiming anything... But he has been—he has dropped some absolute dimes, some accuracy that uh, is important. Did you watch Sunday Night Football? <coughs> Eagles Falcons this week. A half. The first or second half. <coughs> Sorry, you're in the middle of a coughing fit while I'm trying to ask you questions. Don't ask me questions. I got to drink water. Um, regardless of which half you watch, it doesn't matter. Just like the analysis between 
what a guy looks like and how he plays football that we talked about in hour one. How how a guy throws a football and how how much arm strength he has. And then the correlation between him being a good quarterback, it's so interesting to me because sometimes some of these guys, like when you first – the NFL is so so fascinating the way it's evolved because when you haven't watched NFL football in eight months, it is startling how fast the game is, how hard they hit, how great the athleticism is, and how what these quarterbacks throw the ball like. When, when, you're used to, when you see Dalton Sneed and, and – Casey Bobman throw the ball off all camp. You're like, wow, those guys are talented, like compared to you know, your every day run of the mill guys. And then you see a guy like Mitch Trubisky throw the ball during the first game. And you're like, whoa, yeah, this is crazy. But the, the arm strength and then the uh, the correlation with being a good quarterback is almost non-existent. You can I have think the arm strength is one of the most overrated aspects of quarterbacking that that that, that people. Talk That's about. why I was asking about the Eagles game though because. Carson Wentz has got a chance because Carson Wentz has a legendary rifle. I mean, he slings that thing, mm-hmm. but he also seems to have... Uh, Mitch Trubisky was the number two overall pick because of how he can throw it, but we're seeing the ebbs and flows of the upstairs part of the game with Mitch Trubisky. Yes. He's swimming right now. Yes, He was swimming early. He got it locked in last year for a little bit, and now he's back to swimming. But there's been all sorts of guys with legendary arms that are nothing. Just couldn't, yeah. And then there's guys with average arms that are Absolutely lights out, but to to have the guy that has the legendary arm like a Brett Favre, who also then can become the gamer. Who I mean, Patrick Mahomes has a chance, right? He he's the evolutionary Brett Favre. He's the right. he's the next guy like that. But there, there's some other guys too. I, I just I, David Jones is interesting because I do think he throws a really really good ball. Daniel. He's got Daniel Jones. I keep saying David Jones. He throws a great ball. He's got good good to great arm strength. We'll see. We'll see how he grasps the speed of the game. Well, here you want to know the upside? They're playing the Bucks. You know? So things might go okay for Daniel Jones in his first start uh, at 2 o'clock Sunday uh, in uh, in Tampa Bay. Who would you rather have, Jameis Winston or Daniel Jones? Daniel Jones. As wow. Of right now. Okay. I mean, it, 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 I've been on Jameis Winston since he came into the league. I like Jameis Winston. If he if he is no good for Bruce Arians, he's no good. That's my take. I mean, you, you can't play here if you can't be a quarterback for Bruce Arians. That's it. And uh, O.J. Howard early returns are also pretty poor, I might add. What's up with him? I mean... If you could play like you look... It's I impossible mean, to look the, like that and he, be this bad. He's the best-looking guy in the whole league. Him and David Njoku are the two guys where you're like, whoa. This is the same thing in Alabama, man. I, I watched him at Alabama. I go, who, who's cheating with this guy? <laughs> He's, and then and he actually wasn't all that pers- per, you know, uh, productive there. Right. But Alabama is the unique situation where they can turn out guys who aren't necessarily that productive and still could be legit NFL players. Well, it's actually why it's such a factory, too, because guys aren't even worn out. You know what right. I mean? Like that running back stable. Josh Jacobs. They, they got dudes who don't Keep even have going. any mileage yes. on them. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't know what to say about O.J. Howard. I am uh, optimistic about Daniel Jones, and I, I don't feel bad for Eli Manning. Like, it's a professional reality, and you've probably been playing more, you know, you've been given a much longer leash than anybody else would have been given because of the situation you're in. And now that the heir apparent is there, 
when you're not getting it done through two weeks, then the time is now. And it just has to be, and that's a fact of the matter. And so, uh, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. The only way Eli Manning, because he's got, what, a $23 million cap hit, so he's not being traded. Nobody's, nobody's picking him up. And so the only way he gets back on the field is either because Daniel Jones gets injured or because Daniel Jones is truly, truly heinously bad. Or somebody, if a contender somehow suffers an injury at quarterback and gets super desperate, somebody might take that on. Like a team that was yeah. in contention that lost a franchise yeah, guy. Yeah, like week 10 or 12 like, or like something like that. Like, say the Seahawks. Like, what if Russell Wilson went down? Mm-hmm. Like, where do you turn after that? Who's their backup even? I don't even know who Seattle's backup is. It's been so long since Russell Wilson's even missed a game. Yeah, well, they've, got, they've had a couple of them. It's, is it Geno Smith? Yeah, uh, no, I think he got cut, actually. Well, I'm shocking. I'm shocked by that. Yeah. Poor Geno Smith, man. Talk about a guy that ran an offense that couldn't have been more perfect for him in college. And then just cannot hang in the league. Um, Tutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Uh, big announcement. This is a big, big, big announcement. You know, Coulter and I, we traffic in the social media so much, and we uh, <laughs> are so very good at them. Uh, there is now, boys and girls, in addition to our at 102.9 ESPN Twitter handle and Instagram account. Insta! What, be Insta what, famous? what is it? Is it, is it you just 1029? Is it, do you have handles on Instagram the same way you do? I have an Instagram, uh, like a personal Instagram. I, I don't have any idea how the thing works. Is, is it? I guess it's a lot of pretty pictures. I guess it's a, a, a 1029 ESPN Instagram. Anyway, you can go find it. Um, we'll be posting pictures. I'm sure they're going to have wonderful filters on them and be of very, very many things. So, we need all the help we can get. Uh, you know, you can go check out the. Uh, the, the, the two tail and one is Instagram uh, and uh, follow that thing. Don't worry. Okay. We're not in charge of that. That's being done by somebody who's proficient and knows what they're doing. Not by the two of us. <laughs> okay. Uh, Mika Fitzpatrick, no longer a dolphin. And everybody that is still a dolphin goes lucky dog. <laughs> Where's he going? Pittsburgh Steelers traded. Headed off to the Pittsburgh Steelers, a 2020 first-round pick is going to Miami. Uh, For Minka Fitzpatrick, the Steelers decided, well, if we don't have a quarterback, we better get better on the secondary. So they go and get another Bama guy, a first-round pick in his own right, Minka Fitzpatrick, and uh, the uh, tank job uh, has commenced in full in South Beach. Man. I loved him coming out of college. He's a great player. That's a good pick for the Steelers. Do you ever watch Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? For sure. There's, there was a, yeah, this, this Miami situation is crazy, and social media just accentuates everything so much. Uh, are you you're talking the, about the Will Smith the, in the, the empty room? The DB that tweeted the meme of Will Smith standing in Uncle Phil's house after they moved out the last episode. He's looking around. There's nobody there, and he's, yeah. like, emotional. I mean, could we have a team that just ultimately doesn't feel the team? Like, just all of a sudden, people are not going to play for Miami anymore? <laughs> like, just a, a boycott? This is a good text from my brother. He said that's actually a ridiculous trade that the Steelers made because if you are the Steelers, you never have had a chance to tank, and you likely never will again. You lose Ben Roethlisberger for the season. You lose James Conner for the foreseeable future. You already got rid of Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, and you have the tragedy of Rajon Shazier's career getting cut short. Time is now. If you want to go get a high, I mean, when's the last time the Steelers had a pick even in the t- in the top twenty? I don't know. I think I think I think high draft picks are overrated, man. It depends. Well, it does depend. Look, I understand. Here, the here's the thing. Here's the, better, but I just think here's that, here's the thing though. Here's the thing though. 
they're overrated because so many of the teams that are making the high draft picks are stupid. They picked Correct. the wrong guys. Yeah. If the Steelers had a chance to have a top 10 pick, which they haven't had a chance to have in forever, forever and ever, they would just go pick the best defensive guy and yeah. he would just work out. They're not going to draft a bust. Uh, that's, you know, I think there's probably some wisdom in, in what you say there. Um, they, Xavier Howard was the DB from the Dolphins, by the way, who uh, had the Will Smith tweet. They do trade uh, uh, that first-round pick, which I think is a bit of a stretch to get Minkett Fitzpatrick, but certainly a guy who's got a lot of, uh, 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 well, a very good player and a lot of upside. I don't know how he gets, he's going to be. The guy that I'm wondering about in all this is Brian Flores, the head coach of the uh, uh, Dolphins. <laughs> He, comes, sure, right? he, he goes down to Miami from New England, defensive guy, finally gets to break into the ranks, you know, as a, as a head coach in the league. And he gets handed the Miami Dolphins. And on one hand, like, it's your job to keep that thing together and to get the guys ready to go and to rally the troops and to coach them up and do the whole thing. But also, I mean, if Bill Belichick was the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, they would go 0-16. Ooh, what do you think about that take? So that's a hot, hot take. They're terrible. That's my only point. Is they that are terrible. Nobody's but here's the argument. Nobody's that, winning. Here's the argument I always make with you, though, is that so much of the NFL is about cohesiveness, structure, chemistry, luck, injuries. The Dolphins, on paper, are not that much worse than the rest of the NFL talent-wise. I actually think that there's multiple teams that are on the same plane as the Dolphins talent-wise. The fact that they have guys tweeting gifts of Will Smith in an empty room, that's why they're going to go in 16. And then, so then I wonder if it's actually Brian Flores, like how, how much responsibility does he bear as opposed to just walking into an awful situation? There's also just such a real element to the what is life like outside of football. That That is permeates all levels of football. If you live in Miami. You can't win in Miami. It's hard to win. You're wearing aqua green jerseys. Get them out of here. Last thing. Jalen Ramsey has requested a trade. He got into it with Doug Marone on the sideline. Uh, I'm very surprised at this. Obviously, there's been something stewing uh, uh, that you know we were not privy to before this. Uh, but Jalen Ramsey, who looked like he was going to be a lock-it-up first ballot Hall of Famer his first year, year and a half in the league, and has since that time looked like a problem. Uh, I don't know what to say about this. I'm, I'm amazed at this, though, for as great as that Jags defense was two years ago mostly the same group still there and now all of us and the same coach by the way and now all of a sudden you know malcontent argumentation and and now uh, uh wanting a trade says he will play quote unquote if he's still there thursday night i don't know what to think about it i loved jalen ramsey and now i'm very much i don't know i'm kind of over it Sutel nuanas one of tonight espn radio we'll take a quick break we're going to come back with Coulter's favorite personality and his favorite soundbite of the week, Mike Leach, right after this. Coulter, um, the Jim Cutler, who is the voice of ESPN Radio and does uh, all kinds of things. All, for ESPN Television, he does all kinds of stuff. You'll, if you hear his voice, you'll know it. We sent in some uh, copy for him to read for us because we have a contract with him. Didn't get back to me. And he gets back to me immediately. He and his wife do a fantastic job all the time right away. <laughs> All of a sudden, a week later, I'm like, "Hey, you know, we we needed this. We need this sound turned around." So I get an e- I get an email. I'm sorry, I fell off a ladder cleaning my gutters. Broken arm, broken leg in the hospital. I real. That's ouch. real. You know what I said? 
I'm going to Missoula gutter cleaning. That's it. Okay? Enough with the risking life and limb to get leaves and mud out of the gutters. Give it to a professional who is insured, who knows what they're doing, and don't waste your time, energy, and then, heaven forbid, have an accident before you. Okay? You go to MissoulaGutterCleaning.com. You get all of the muck and mire taken out of your gutters. If you do it right now, you can get an estimate this week, and then when the job is done, you're going to get something back from them. How does a $20 gift card to your favorite brewery or coffee shop sound? Uh, I could go for that. You can go to the game. You go to the game Saturday, okay? And then you come back, you got clean gutters. It's a done deal. MissoulaGutterCleaning.com. You go there right now, get your estimate, spend a few bucks, spend time doing what you want to do, and leave the risk out of it, okay? Don't try and be a hero. Do the smart thing for once in your life and call MissoulaGutterCleaning.com. Coulter, something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. Welcome back to Tell No One is 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Hi, how are you? Great to be with you. It is a Tuesday afternoon, and it is nice to be uh, with everybody. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. Online at KurtzPolaris.com. If you missed anything in the show, you can check it out on the podcast. The podcast available on the TuneIn Radio app, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can get the Two Tell Nuanas podcast. And it is available thanks to the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. My favorite guy in coaching when it comes to listening to him talk is Mike Leach. Coulter's most hated guy in not coaching true. when it comes to hearing him talk is Mike Leach. It's not true. That's not my criticism. I love Mike Leach. I enjoy him. I think his comedy is fantastic. It is. I think he's totally out there, which is the the entire appeal. I don't like the fact that Mike Leach is so out there that he really has no control of what he's going to say in a press conference. Yes, you can he does. ask. I mean, he, you're right. He does. But he, he, but he has set a standard, which I think is very immature for the media to continue to chase. That he will answer any question. What is your favorite stuffed animal? Who would win a fight between your childhood pet and your neighbor's current pet? Like, he'll answer it. If I was a fellow media member, that would infuriate me because you're wasting my time. It's great for TV. I get it. We're going to talk about it on the show. I get it. 
from a print journalism perspective, it is maddening that the reporters waste people's time with this stuff. I get what the whole shtick is, but it also seems exploitative. They're doing it for the social media hits. And again, Mike Leach has set the precedent that he will talk about the battle royale of mascots. Let him do it. It's entertainment, and it's funny. But it's higher education, and it's, it's, it's childlike and immature. Higher education? These guys are state employees at institutions of higher education. They're supposed so, to be educators. Oh, come on. Oh, that's so ice cold. Who would win in a fight of all the mascots in the Pac-12? First of all, what kind of mythical powers does a Sun Devil have? We've got to consider that. I'm going to say the Wildcat's out. Uh, the Trojan, is he, does he have a horse or is he on foot? Does he have a bow and arrow or just his sword? The Bruin, definitely formidable. Another bear up there at Cal. Uh, the tree, I imagine that tree's going to get chopped down. Or it's unless we're going to go with a bird and somebody might get pecked or something. I don't know. A duck might lose interest and just fly away and get out of there, which may be good advice under the circumstances. Uh, the Husky, no chance. The beaver... Well, we'll see how long that beaver can hold his breath. Um, the ute, again, we're back to, uh, is he on horseback? Does he have a bow and arrow? Did he trade for a rifle? I mean, you know, because if that ute's got a rifle, there's some definite problems. You know, you'd have to get one of those Harry Potter activists to read up on how you kill a sun devil because there's a lot of uh, outside stuff there. Just as far as the beast alone... Uh, a buffalo's going to be pretty hard to tangle with. I mean, a, bu a buffalo's utterly outstanding. Did I leave any of them out? The Kugel find a way. Uh, Clear-minded and crafty, a combination of stay out of harm's way and and uh, <clears throat> and attack when you get your uh, your chances or your openings. So because he's at a university, he can't do this. Again, my criticism is not of Mike Leach. Mike Leach ain't changing. He's out there. He is nutso. It, it is, Mike Leach is living in his own world. It's all good. Let me ask you my, something. My criticism is that the, if, if you just let Mike Leach bring this stuff up when he brings it up, when he goes out of his way to talk about the kid proposing on the Jumbotron and then is talking about, you know, maybe I should give him some life advice because of being married ain't all it's cracked up to be unsolicited, that's hilarious. When then you're exploiting the man for whether it's his grace or his insanity or both, it just bothers me. Here's the issue, okay? What is, what is the last thing that every head college football coach wants to talk about? The last thing? The game plan. Football. <laughs> That's not true. Not and every so, college coach. So, and so, instead of hearing, oh, both teams playing hard, oh, yeah, tough game, oh, yeah, we take everybody serious, he's talking to me about battle royales between mascots. You know which one I want? That one. Right, because you one. can put it on the radio. Who's gonna, You can't put that in the newspaper. Sure you can. Put it in the paper. Headline, Mike Leach thinks that the Trojan and would by win. By the way, so what? It's not going in the paper. It's going online. It's go. You're, you're the, they're, they're print journalism. It's, it's just click. What do you got a pencil in your ear and a visor yes, yes, on I over do. your typewriter? Yes, for, I do. Come on. Text from an anonymous listener says, "If you run the air raid and you don't say funny stuff like Mike Leach, you're just Bob Stitt." Uh, Mike Leach just went ten wins and went to another very important bowl game. Yeah, the Alamo Bowl. Good for him. It's a great, great San Antonio. So underrated. It's probably the best town in Texas. San Antonio. 
Boys and girls, uh, have a wonderful rest of your evening. We send you out to Major League Baseball. I believe it's Cardinals Nationals. Go Nats! Careful how you say that on the radio. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.